Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. What's really exciting for me is when the guest and the topic are in such alignment that you are in for the biggest treat. So I am bringing back today your favorite, Jackie Bryan, who is a functional medicine expert, certified nutrition specialist, whole health educator, certified health coach. But what you might not know is that Jackie was a heart nurse, a surgical heart nurse. And so today in Heart Month, we are actually going to talk about heart health. Jackie, this is like a grand slam for Beating Cancer Daily. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So I was a person who actually recovered people from open heart surgery. So I wasn't actually in the OR with the people, but I was actually helping recover them and working with their families on, you know, things that they needed to do to get better and improve their health. So it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And it's heart month. It is February. We just had Valentine's Day. And so I think it's such an important topic, so I'm really excited to to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, for people who are listening to this in another month, you're still allowed to listen to this episode. <laughs> it doesn't have to be February because people will listen to this for many, many years. But I wanted to say that I am so in love with the heart that I actually named my daughter Heart. Her middle name is Heart. and I have collected hearts my entire life. So I have this fascination with heart and heart health. And she actually has her heart on the other side. On the right side instead of the left. Her heart is on the right. Can you imagine? I love hearts and my daughter's heart (laughs) is actually on the right side. And I found a joke That is about heart and surgery. And I was like, okay, Jackie, I know you had something to do in the surgical world with heart. Mm -hmm. And now I know specifically it was in recovery. So Uh this is, (laughs) this is a surgeon talking to a patient in bed after heart surgery. And the surgeon says, we had difficulty locating your heart. Are you by any chance a lawyer? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) It's so terrible. I apologize right now to every lawyer. I was married to a lawyer. So I've, and I've employed lawyers before. So I I have very nice lawyers. I figured that I could tell that joke and I apologize to every lawyer. So (laughs) Jackie, I can't believe how much you have to tell us about heart health. Well, I think the heart is a vital organ. We have so many vital organs in our body, obviously, and they all work synergistically together to hopefully give us the best possible health. 
when someone is dealing with cancer, like both you and I have, I'm a 20-year breast cancer survivor, it's important to understand the heart, right? Because we're pumping all these medications through our body, and it's hard to know, one, what the long-term effects of that are. Two is your doctors are always assessing your cardiovascular health or your heart health because they want to make sure that it's strong and that it's healthy in order to accommodate the medications that you're getting. But if we just think about in general about the heart, like some fun facts, right? I love fun facts because I just think they're interesting. Jackie, I use all your fun facts at every cocktail party, but I do give you credit. I always say that when you are ready to give us fun facts. So thank you. (laughs) That's great. I'm glad you must be a blast at a party. That's all I can say. I just sound so smart. I do. I'm not that smart. I just channel you. Thank you. Our heart beats about 100,000 times a day. And it weighs about 9 to 11 ounces. If you just think about a big apple, it's about the same size. In most people, it's located to the left of your breastbone, kind of where people would say the Pledge of Allegiance, except in the case of your daughter's. Your heart will pump out five quarts of blood every minute. And over the course of a year, that would fill three Olympic-sized swimming pools. So just imagine the work that your heart does every day. That is incredible. Actually, to visualize that, I'm such a visual person. That's amazing. I'm going to be better to my heart. Jackie, you have to tell me how to be better. I'm my, creating, my hope is that I'm creating sort of that compelling why we want to pay attention to our heart and why it's so important. And whether we're in cancer treatment, have had cancer treatment, or we're supporting somebody that is in cancer treatment, paying attention to your heart is key. We know that heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women. Each year, it's estimated that there's 805,000 heart attacks between mixed between men and women. And that each year, 605,000 of those are new heart attacks. And what's scary is that men and women, when they have a heart attack, their symptoms can be very different. Some may have this sort of crushing pain, radiating pain down their arm. Some might be short of breath. In many cases, women don't exhibit that real crushing pain. Sometimes they experience nausea, flu-like symptoms. It really varies. And it's really important for people to get checked when they're feeling symptoms that are just not normal to them. But we're not here, we're not here today to talk about all the negative stuff. We're kind of here to talk about what are some of the nutritional and lifestyle things that we can do to improve our heart health? Because nutrition really plays this kind of multidimensional role in cardiovascular health. And it can have an effect on everything from our cholesterol levels, your blood pressure, the state of our endothelial lining, right? Which is that lining inside of your vessels, that lining when it doesn't have plaque on it actually secretes this nitric oxide that can help with the vasodilation and constriction of your vessels. It keeps your vessels really healthy. So obviously we don't want to have plaque buildup. Nutrition helps keep inflammation low in the body and it can also help with balancing our blood sugar, right? So so all of those are super important when it comes to heart health. I remember specifically after I had a lot of chemo and radiation that they did a MUGA scan. I have no idea what that is, but I just know that they were looking to see if I had heart damage 
from all of the treatments that I had. And supposedly I didn't have it. So that was a good thing. But I do remember my team was very focused on how much my heart and lungs were being damaged by the treatments. And now, because I'm a three-decade survivor, right? Yay! Yay! I always feel like horns. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. And you're a two-decade survivor. Mm -hmm. 20 years. That I sit on these conferences with patient advocates and they didn't think we were all going to survive this long. And now they're seeing later ramifications of heart and lung issues. And so this is like uncharted territory in the survivorship land. And so if you are a patient, if you are a survivor, if you're a caregiver of someone, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves, our organs as healthy as possible, not even thinking about cancer recurrence, God forbid, but just to keep our organs going because we don't know what long-term side effects we could have from all this treatment. And so Jackie does not only a Friday appearance on Beating Cancer Daily so that she can help us keep different organs healthy and eat better and live a healthier lifestyle, sleep better. But she once a month comes on and does a live webinar called the Health Builder Series, which is also free. So you have no excuse not to (laughs) sign up for Health Builder. The next one is posted on the comedycures.org website right on front. And you can just literally sign up. I think it's four little questions to come for free. And then we send you a reminder the week before, the day before, and an hour before. But usually we put the Zoom login right on that sign up so you can put it into your calendar. And then check out every episode Jackie's done here in Beating Cancer Daily. You can just go into our podcast site and on any platform and you can type in expert and Jackie will pop up and I hope you devour all the episodes. I was so I'm actually so glad you shared the story about your heart evaluation after chemo because I actually received adromycin and cytoxin, which were cardiotoxic, and I'm a runner. And when I finished treatment, I tried to go out running and my heart rate was really accelerating. It was really high. And they did a full cardiac workup on me. And what they discovered was not that I had heart damage, but I had lost my reserve. So whatever cardiovascular reserve I had as a backup, I just didn't have. And part of that was endurance training and all of that. So it took some time for me to get back into the groove with my regular activity level. But that's one of the reasons you need your medical team to kind of keep an eye on you when you're getting on this other side of treatment in particular, because your body's not the same. It's different. It's taken a hit from these medications. And so we have to be patient. The P word, which I'm not, (laughs) and I try really hard to be patient, but it is something that we need to be, especially since we're just kind of getting to know our body again. And our heart is one of those big organs that took a hit and we need to really find a way to baby it and nurture it back to health. So some of the things we're going to talk about today are 
you know, how nutrition could impact your heart health. And the first thing I mentioned was your blood lipids or your LDL and your HDL cholesterol and your triglycerides. And so of those, the one that we kind of pay attention to in the medical world, we pay attention to all of them, but LDL is often referred to as kind of your bad cholesterol, but it's necessary, right? So LDL is produced large in the liver and it goes out on the highways of the article of the arteries in response to inflammation. So when inflammation is present, it's sent out from the liver and it's going out to heal those tissues. And so one of the things that can increase our LDL levels is the consumption of saturated fat. Now we do need a little bit of saturated fat. And these are the ones that are kind of solid at room temperature, but things like butter and lard and ghee and coconut oil, all of those are are considered saturated fats, but they can increase our LDL cholesterol. And so one of the recommendations from the American Heart Association is that we find a way to replace some of those saturated fats, obviously have a little bit of them in our diet, but replacing them with polyunsaturated fats, which are our healing fats, things like our salmon, fatty fish, things like that, monounsaturated fats, which are in our nuts and seeds, and then even in in replacing some of our saturated fats with a carbohydrate, something along the lines of an oat or even in the bread category. Those are things that can help reduce the saturated fats in our diet. What's so cool, Jackie, is how this is all interwoven. Because Mm -hmm. as you were saying different things, I was saying, oh, we have a podcast on that. Oh, we have a podcast on that. Because you've done deep dives into this on the podcast, how to eat nuts and seeds, antioxidants, all different components of this. And so now when we look at this just through the heart lens, we're starting to see how this all builds together, not just for the heart, but the whole body overall. It is. It's so true. We want to do the best that we can to support our body so that we're bringing the best machine, our body, to our life, right? We want it. We want to feel good. We want to function well. And they don't have to be huge changes. These kind of swaps that I'm talking about with saturated fat can be made pretty easily. I had an interesting story where I got on this coconut bandwagon, right? I was like, oh, coconut's a medium chain of fatty acid. There's health benefits to it. So I started eating a lot of coconut. And I went in and my LDL cholesterol had increased by 10 points. And it wasn't like out of the unhealthy range, but the doctor says, what are you doing differently? And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm eating a lot of coconut. And so I cut out the coconut and I had my blood retested and my LDL went right back down to the range that it was earlier. And I thought, wow, it was one simple tweak. And that's all we need to do when we're trying to improve our health, especially our heart health, is just make an accurate assessment of the things that you're doing in your life that could be hurting you or helping you. What should the HDL LDL be? What should that be? So ideally, you want your LDL and everybody, every hospital has like some variation to their ranges, but ideally LDL cholesterol should be below 100. 
and HDL should be above 40, but I like to see it above 60. And the reason for that is HDL and LDL work as a team and LDL goes out on the highways of the artery. Kind of think of it like a traffic jam. It can jam up the arteries and the HDLs are these little spheres that go out and they capture the LDLs and bring them back to the liver for storage. The more HDLs that you have, to assist the LDLs to be transported back to the liver, the better. So that's a so that's a really kind of helpful thing to have. And we increase HDLs by swapping out with polyunsaturated fats and monounsaturated fats that we talked about in the fish and the nuts and the seeds, but also through exercise. Exercise is something that's good not only for just the heart, but just the whole body. And so that's a really important aspect of it. My philosophy with the way that I approach all of my clients is more along the lines of how are we going to stop pissing off the body, right? What is it, like Saren, what is it that you're doing right now in your life that is making it that your body's not happy? And one of the main things that I get back from my clients is I think I eat too much sugar. Right. So sugar is an inflammation factory, right? It is the thing that's going to create the most inflammation in your body. It's just really problematic. Our goal, based on what the American Heart Association recommends, is to have for women no more than six teaspoons of added sugar. And that's where you become a label detective, which we already talked about that in another podcast. But for men, it's no more than eight teaspoons. And so that's not always that easy because sugar is hidden in so many different areas. But if you want to love your heart, we want to make sure that we get the added sugar out of the diet. Again, this sugar concept has played into so many different episodes as we're talking about different organs and keeping yourself so healthy. So it's interesting that it comes up. It just is showing me how important it is I can't even imagine the destruction that COVID has had on our bodies that we don't even know yet, but particularly on the heart. I know that I had heart complications after having COVID and ha after having my vaccines, and they just came out of nowhere, but they also went away after a mm -hmm. bunch of time. But I'm just wondering what it did to the heart. Yes. Again, COVID, getting COVID is not something maybe that was within our control, right, as consuming sugar would be, but it is something that has implications for the heart for sure. And I, I know when my son got it, when he was at the university that he goes to, and it was pre-vaccine, that prior to his return to sports, he plays competitive sports, that he had to have an EKG done because they know that it can be pretty inflammatory to the heart, at least in some cases. And they want to make sure that the athletes were protected, right? But it's, it is concerning. But this is whether it's COVID, whether it's added sugar in our diet or added saturated fats, these are all things that should be creating this kind of compelling why, right? If I want to love my heart, take care of my heart, we need to come up with solutions that are going to to support better health. And one of them, as we just said, was reducing saturated fat. I like the idea. I like the idea of reducing added sugar. I love the idea of eliminating added sugar. So I'm obviously 
steering people towards the elimination of added sugar because this is where we've seen such a huge problem in our country, especially with obesity, the obesity epidemic with our children. They're getting it in the sugary drinks. It's things that we've talked about in other podcasts that we don't need to cover today, but sugar is something that's going to create inflammation. It's going to increase the workload on the heart because the heart has to deal with all the inflammation. And that's something that makes it bigger challenge. One piece that I see often are people that are struggling with high blood pressure. And high blood pressure is a concern when it comes to the heart. It's very traumatic to the heart because it can actually change the shape of the vessels, kind of makes them all squiggly. And then high blood pressure puts a person at risk for heart attacks and strokes, chronic heart failure, even kidney disease, right? So it's a huge problem. And one of the biggest nutritional recommendations from the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology is to reduce dietary salt or dietary sodium intake to help with blood pressure. And this is so difficult in our world today because everything is highly processed and chemicalized. And when we do that, salt is something that is sort of in the mix. And so the recommendation is that we reduce our sodium intake just for the average bear, the average person that does not have cardiovascular disease, is to reduce it to 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day. And to get an idea of what 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day looks like, 2,300 milligrams a day is one teaspoon of salt. That's it. Just one teaspoon. And so that's difficult, right? Wouldn't you say, Saren? I have to avoid salt like the plague because I have a kidney issue. So I, I don't have a taste for it. I just know that I read every label as we talked about in the label detective episode mm -hmm. and I run from it. I just yeah. know that people are not as conscious about salt. They're really looking at the fat content right, and, or the right. carb content and people just are not focused on salt. So yeah. it's worrisome. Well, and understanding where it's coming from, right? I think this is really important. Like when we look at soups, we can think that, oh, there might be 600 to 800 milligrams of sodium in there. Salad dressings are sneaking in sauces. They're in all sorts of foods. So we really need to be an informed consumer. It's the, in every the, dessert now. It is. It is. Decide to put salt with chocolate. <laughs> Leave my chocolate alone, people. I know. Some of the research is showing that if you can reduce your sodium by 1,000 milligrams a day, right? So you kind of cut it in half, that you can reduce your blood pressure significantly. And so that makes a big difference. So how do we become aware of our salt intake? We start first by stopping adding it to our food, right? That's one of the one of the first steps. And we have kind of a guideline set forth by the American Heart Association. They have this six foods that provide the most sodium and they call them the salty six. You I like that joke. name though. <laughs> I don't like salt, but I like the name. It's like kind of a sexy name. It's like a bad boys, bad boys of salt. <laughs> you could have a lot of fun with this, right? The salty six. And so the salty six is sandwiches, pizza, and bread, you might not think about it, but bread actually has a lot of salt in it. Some poultry. And so people are thinking, oh my goodness, my chicken has salt in it. Some manufacturers actually inject chicken with sodium, especially the processed meat, the deli meat. And deli meat is another version and also soup. Soup is also another heavy in the salt. So if we're going to protect our heart, 
we need to make sure that we're supporting our body with the appropriate food that's not going to have too much salt. So we've talked about reducing saturated fat, eliminating sugar, and reducing salt. But think of all the things that are brined, right? Oh, I know. They're brined. A lot of times, from what I understand, things were brined because it acts as a preservative. So if you're in a hot climate and you don't have good refrigeration, people will brine their food so that it stays fresher longer. They don't get disease from it. So it's an interesting dilemma, especially in countries where you don't have proper refrigeration. Exactly. Jackie, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just have to say it because I've never said it to you. Uh-huh. You know that as of this week, Beating Cancer Daily is in 64 countries. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's awesome. What an accomplishment. That's Thank great. Thank you. I give you credit too. <laughs> but why I say that is because now when I listen to all this advice, I'm trying to think about it from a global perspective because yes, we have so many listeners in North America, in Europe. Now we have listeners in countries where refrigeration might be an issue. So I'm just trying to think of how we can adopt what you're saying and then still think about refrigeration issues and so forth and so on. So I get it. We have a lot of work to do here in the nutrition area. Yes. Yeah. And it is, there's, depending upon different cultures, depending upon location in the world, there's different rationales for using salt. But these are some of the approaches that are recommended by the top medical institutes in the world. How do we lower blood pressure to help preserve our heart health? And sodium is one of them. There is a dietary approach that is highly researched that I did want to mention. It's called the DASH diet, Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. And it's effective for all blood pressure levels. It's even fine for people that don't have high blood pressure. The DASH diet has 2,400 milligrams of sodium compared to the standard American diet, which has 3,300 milligrams of sodium, that it significantly can reduce people's blood pressure. And the diet is pretty simple. It's lower in calories to help keep weight down because that's another concern when it comes to heart health. It's predominantly plant-based compared to our standard American diet, which is processed and chemicalized. And it includes more healthy lifestyle behaviors such as stress management and exercise. And it's designed to be this kind of long-term habit. So I, I do think that people that are trying to make nutritional changes to support their health, especially if they're dealing with high blood pressure, should explore the DASH diet as an option because it covers things like including pulses, which are peas and lentils and chickpeas, covers fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. It's a really healthy way of eating. And it's a wonderful way for people to love their heart, keep their blood pressure low, keep their cholesterol low. It's got a a whole kind of holistic approach to supporting heart health. I would love to kind of emphasize some primary recommendations for heart health before we end today. Is that okay? And then I have some jokes for you. Okay. (laughs) All right. So here for you to love your heart, obviously we want to get some exercise. We want to hydrate. We want to make sure we're managing our stress, but the nutritional recommendations are to be sure to get three to five servings of whole grains each day. Those are things like oats and some breads, lower in salt if possible, 
whole grain rice, things like that. Get in your vegetables, your fruits and your vegetables. The goal is 9 to 13 servings per a day, a wide array of different colors. We could go back to our antioxidant podcast to learn about different colors with that. And then legumes. These are your beans and your chickpeas. And the recommendation is to get about one and a half cups per a week, five to seven servings per week are ideal to help keep high fiber in our diet that helps escort that cholesterol out of your intestines so it doesn't get reabsorbed and increase your cholesterol levels. For nuts and seeds, consuming one ounce at least four to five times a week, that's going to be ideal. That's going to give you lots of healthy fats and fiber and all those polyphenol compounds that are so beneficial to your health. And then if you do eat red meat, make sure that you're really limiting any of the processed stuff, right? Because that has nitrates in it that are not great for your heart. And make sure that you go for organic and grass-fed meats because those are going to be the healthiest in the red meat category. But then steering towards the organic poultry any of the chickens, and then fish, your salmon, your fatty fishes, at least eight ounces, preferably a week. That's going to give you the omega-3 fatty acids, those polyunsaturated fats that are healing for your heart. Those are going to be some of the great nutritional recommendations in addition to the lower sodium intake and even exploring the DASH diet for your heart health. I am going to say we all need to go back and listen to Jackie's habit stacking episode (laughs) because we all have to change some habits, people. We have to change some habits. So I think that if we go listen to that and then we pick out little tidy habits to change using the different methods she said, we will all get healthier and have better heart health and be here a much longer time. Oh, I love that you said that because we covered a ton of recommendations today. And please don't think that you need to bring all of these into your life at once. It's more pick one that's speaking to you right now and make those changes. I think those are going to be really helpful. And then you just kind of build on that, just like the habit stacking podcast talks about. I know that if I were driving right now and listening to this, I'd have to pull over the side of the road, (laughs) get a pad and paper out. So I encourage you just to listen to it again, rewind, and really pick up some of these great habits. And then as Jackie said, we'll just take one little bite at a time, one little idea at a time, and then just build on it. Jackie, it's always amazing. I learned so much. I can't even tell you how many jokes Comedy Cures Writer's Room wrote for you about heart health. We don't even have enough time by Gary Bachman. And I have to tell you, they loved writing these jokes for you. So this one, just because you were talking about nuts a couple of times, I read that nuts are good for your heart. So I invited over my crazy uncles, Frank and Bernie. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and then this one is very heart surgery focused and it's very clever so i'll give everyone a minute to get it i'm required to make a balloon payment for my angioplasty (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Angi- angioplasties are a balloon that they put inside your vessel just in case anyone's <laughs> <laughs> but And, it is and a balloon payment is usually associated with like mortgages where yes. you pay a little bit and then you have to pay the whole thing. One yeah, big payment. Yeah. Isn't that clever? Okay, Jackie, because you just mentioned the EKG, I hope everything turned out well with your son, but I do have an EKG joke. I got the results from my EKG. My right ventricle is a chamber of horrors. (laughs) Very clever. Just got a bill from my cardiologist for treatment of my right ventricle, or as he calls it, the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> Wow. We are teasing doctors and lawyers today. Usually we're just about kind humor, but I think these are funny and I've dated doctors. So I love you guys and you help keep me alive. So don't be offended. They're just funny. Gary was on a roll. Our whole writer's room was just on a roll here. (laughs) They wrote so many, and I know that we don't have time for all of them, but we really do circulate these wonderful jokes about humor and healthcare, not only on this podcast, but on our social media at Comedy Cures and also on our website. So be on the lookout for so much of the Comedy Cures humor and our wonderful writers that write all this wonderful material for us to laugh, which is good for our bodies, good for our heart, really good for our heart. There was a study that showed that after heart surgery, it actually was beneficial to have laughing. And so I would never tell anyone to go do that if you're having heart surgery, but you can ask your doctor about those cool heart studies that they did about post-heart surgery and laughing because everybody used to think, don't laugh if you're having heart surgery. (laughs) It's dangerous, but they actually showed the benefits. So talk to your doctor about it before you laugh. Jackie, as always, you are such a superstar. I love meeting with you as my friend every week, but I learn so much. I get so healthy because you do these podcasts and Health Builder. So if you want to love Jackie Bryant and learn more, she has a beautiful website that you can go to, JackieBryant.com. She's an interesting spelling. It's J-A-C-Q-U-I and then Brian, B-R-Y-A-N.com. If you can't find it and you can't write it down, go to ComedyCures.org and hit the contact menu above. Write me a note. We're happy to send you her signature or go to the podcast section, hit the record button and record that you need Jackie's information. You can also share what you're doing to improve your heart health, things that are really cool that we might not have mentioned. And also let us know how this is working out for you. We love your feedback and we love your ideas for episodes. This is such an amazing community. After 240 some episodes heading towards 365, we love meeting with you daily. So Jackie, thank you so much. Thank you, Saren. Great to be here. Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. You will find even more resources and more programming. 
like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community. So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.